Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. Um, are you a big podcast listener? Like, do you listen to other podcasts besides our own? You've already admitted to that. Um, yeah, sometimes. I, I listen to more sermons than podcasts. Okay, that's fair. I scroll on TikTok a lot. And you, you do too. You've probably seen Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey's podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were having a conversation recently about their game day fit, like what they show up to the game in. And it mm-hmm. was so fascinating to me because there was a picture of Jason Kelsey and he showed up to his game wearing open toe shoes. I know, I know where you're going with this. He had like sports <laughs> shorts with like holes in it and like this old t-shirt he like dug out of the bottom of his dresser, okay? Yeah, Jason man. Kelsey shows up, shows up to his game. Um, Travis Kelsey to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw a picture of him before the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. This like diamond studded like suit. It had diamonds all over it. It was glittery. It was like, yeah. I mean, it was bright. And yeah. when I look at Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, I can't help but think of us. <laughs> You're my Travis to my Jason. <laughs> I, f- I feel like we're the uh, the Coles cash version yes. of <laughs> Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. <laughs> like, I, I had to think today, man, yeah. I have to wear pants because I have to go out of my house today. Like that's a that's like a thought I have. And I doubt you ever have that thought. But do, no, that's never crossed my mind. I, um, yeah, I figured. Did you did you see that one video where it's like after the Super Bowl? And I think it was uh, it was like showing J, uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and they were all dancing and love wonderful yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And then it just pans over to Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Who's like over the DJ booth, just fist bumping with a luchador mask? Yes. I'm just like that's the energy that we bring, but like the Cole's cast no. version. Bro, you you are Jason Kelsey. You got the beard and everything. Yeah, the flip flops, no, and that's a spirit animal I will embrace. I embrace can I, that. Can I tell the people so? Um, I I go over to Victor's house a decent amount. He never comes over to mine. I don't want to talk hold about on, it. Hold on, hold on. Hold no, on. no, 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 we, we, we don't need to go down this rabbit trail. That okay. wasn't even the All point. All right, fine, fine. Um, but it's true. Because you know you're wrong. So, no, I never, no. Um, but I, I always forget which house is his. And the, the only way that I could identify oh, no. what house oh, is his. I know exactly what you're going to say. It's my blue I lights. You, no, it's not the blue lights. Oh, it's not the it's blue your, lights. It's your 17 flip-flops that are... They're scattered. <laughs> I don't want across. them in the house. Why are they on the front doorstep? Why? Be- because I, I'm walking the dog. I'm going outside. Boom, flip flops. Put them inside, man. But then, then it's a whole thing if they're inside. People know what I'm talking about. People know what no, I'm talking about. No, 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 no. He's got he's got a whole stack of flip flops, Crocs, and Adidas shoes from like 2012. Those are, just, are from 2012. That are just sitting on his front door. So I never have to wonder like what his number is. I just have to look for the flip flops, and I'll I'll find his own. <laughs> Hey, there's a sermon illustration in there somewhere. There's a sermon <laughs> illustration in there somewhere. Um, that's yeah, fair. You, I I have a blue light that like shines out of my window that I thought for sure was going to be the giveaway. It's it's your bat signal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, another funny thing about Victor's apartment. This wasn't Great, even yeah, the let's intro, just, but we let's can, just, let's we just can go, go down, down this rabbit trail. We can go down this. Um, so uh, Victor bought a gas stove, uh, like a little fire pit. 
Um, it was gifted. It was a gift. So if you're gifted. Gonna, if you're gonna dog gifted. this stove, I'm gonna point the people that gifted me this this fire pit to listen to this episode, and they're gonna hear a pastor at their church dog them. So continue with your story. Bro, no, I love it. I love the generosity. <laughs> that fire pit don't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> they gave don't. me a broken fire pit, bro. Bro, we were we were hanging out at his house the other night. It was thirty like, degrees. We we were like, hey, we're gonna put the fire pit on. It was raining. That <laughs> fire pit never came on, and so we're just sitting out there in, in the, the rain. rain. 30 degrees and I'm like man this is the I drove 35 minutes to your house uh-huh. to, to sit outside in the dark with you uh-huh. it was the worst <laughs> <laughs> it was awful that's fair I can't I have nothing to say about that that was no. just I need to go get a new fire pit but it was a gift no, what can I you, do you need to fix the gas it's, it's probably the gas the, it's all broken at this yeah, point do I look like a very uh, outdoorsy fix-it kind of person? No, we're gonna throw it away and get a new one. That's the. <laughs> That's true. That 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 is true. All right, so you're really good at transitions. So I'm gonna let you figure this one out. So Victor messed up that transition. You know what? Also, we've messed up in the church. Okay, that's fair. That's good. Is brother sister friendship that that is one of the things like Victor's transitions we oftentimes struggle with because it's awkward and it's weird and there, there there's definite like boundaries and and reasons for like why guy and girl friendships and brother sister relationships are very awkward. Um, here's even like a whole theological framework of just what it means to be uh, a brother and sister is. Um, the Bible says that like when we receive the gospel, when we believe in Jesus name, we now have been gifted the right. I think this is first John or not first John, John one 12. We have now been given the right to become a child of God. And as a child, we are now sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. We've been adopted into a new family. Jesus talks about this in the gospel, that there is a, a, a spiritual family that we get adopted into. And as a part of this new family, we oftentimes struggle uh, to have friendships and relationships with our new brothers and sisters. Um, and so we have invited one of our very good friends, uh, Abby Johnson, who is uh, a student director um, here in North Carolina. And uh, she is, ever since we've known her, she's been very passionate about this and building brother and sister relationships in the church and how we can grow in this um, and I think especially coming out of the the, the dating episode, which kind of turned into a singleness episode that we talked about last week, um, I think what it looks like for male singles in the church, female singles in the church to be friends with one another, um, I think could be a fascinating topic. Yeah, the Lord um, definitely has given her a gifting in this conversation, and we are super blessed to have her as a sister to speak truth um, to us when we need to hear it. And I think she brings a really wonderful perspective, especially for um, any guys listening to this episode that, um, yeah, I think, I think hopefully her perspective will help broaden the scope in which we view what relationships look like, especially within the church. Um, And so I'm super excited for this conversation with her and we hope that you guys get as much out of it as we did. All right. Well, we have uh, Abby Johnson with us today. Um, and Abby uh, is a really good friend of ours. We've known her for a couple of years. Abby, how, how long have we been friends? It's been three years, four yeah, years? Yeah, I think three. Something like that? Coming on four. Three years. Um, 
wonderful three or four years that we've known each other. Um, but yeah, I would love for you just to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. I know you've been on the podcast before. Uh, some, some of our listeners may know you already, but we'd love to hear a little bit about you. Yeah, I am Abby, like they said, um, and grew up kind of in Pittsburgh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I've been there my whole life um, in a... Um, home with parents who aren't believers and so started coming to church with a friend um, in middle school and kept going to that church until now and so it's been really sweet actually to see the church as family um, and get to learn that from middle school till now still learning that yeah yeah I love that I love that yeah that's awesome super glad that you yeah, join us today. And I'm really excited for this conversation. Just what, you know, brother and sister conversation that I feel like the church has unfortunately not been as proactive in, but it's something that the Bible talks quite often about. And so I think it's just a great way for us to start our time. And what does the Bible mean when it calls us brothers and sisters? And I think it would be great for us to maybe look at some specific examples in scripture, but what does it mean when it calls us brothers and sisters? Yeah, I think the classic example that a lot of people go to is Mark 3, 31 through 35, when Jesus's mothers and brothers come yeah. looking for him. And Jesus responds, well, who are my mother and my brothers? Well, it's whoever does the will of God. He is my brother and my sister and mother. Um, so there's a big commonality there in doing the will of God. But I think there's a couple other places where we can see this. Um, Acts 2, um, 42 is another place where we see that people had all things in common. Um, they were like yeah. living together, sharing things with one another, caring for one another, devoting themselves to the same thing. And then second or First Peter 2, 10. Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people, which calls us back to Hosea one ten. In the place they were told, "You are not my people," they will be called yeah. sons of the living God. Um, so I think we just see God declaring through Scripture that these people that He's calling to Himself have something in common, um, and that because of yeah. that commonality, we get to have this unique sense of community with one another. And I think that's what it is in brothers and sisters. It's like we are we are doing this thing together, but in doing this thing together, we should also know the rest of the body that we get to walk alongside of and do those things with. I I love you just said the word unique community because I feel like sometimes when we talk about brother-sister relationship, um, same, same when we talk about God as father, we automatically apply our earthly relationships to like, the language that the Bible uses. And so when we talk about like brother sister relationship, like I'm, I'm very close with my sister. So when I say sisters in Christ, I'm like, I automatically have an idea of what it means to be a sister. Some people may have terrible relationships mm -hmm. with their siblings or like very distant relationships. So when the Bible says we're brothers or sisters, we automatically have an assumption of what that means. And I love that you even brought up acts of like what it means for brothers and sisters to not just have doctrine in common, but to have life mm -hmm. in common. And I think like that's one of the things um, that I think we miss a lot in the church. Um, of that we're able to sit in the same auditorium, we're able to sit in the same row as people, and there may not be like physical walls in between us, but there's very much relational walls between 
the, our quote unquote, yeah. like our brothers and sisters, like we are children of God because of like, we've received it and we've believed it. So we have the title, yeah. but we lack a lot of the horizontal relationships. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And like, we can't, in some ways we get to look at brothers, sisters and in scripture, yeah. the ways that God calls it and look at our actual relationships with brothers and sisters that we may have, but there's just such a different relationship yeah. with my familial brothers and sisters to my church brothers and sisters like i've known them since they were babies yeah. i've known you guys for like three years and y'all are my brothers yeah. you know so it's just different in the ways that we yeah. even have to think outside of just that familiar familial lens with one another well, I think Vic and I were even talking before we got on here of like a lot of the times it's that lack of proximity mm -hmm. that just makes relationships very difficult. Um, even taking like brothers and sisters off the table for a second, it's very hard to be in relationship with somebody that you don't know. Um, I mean, this is kind of open to everybody here, but like what are some ways that we can help bridge uh, like the proximity between brothers and sisters in the church? I think we have to be willing to get into the same places to bridge that proximity. Like, um, yeah. Victor really likes hockey. I don't really think you or I either naturally gravitate towards hockey, but Victor likes hockey. Absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> so He also likes Funko Pops. He also Pops. likes I'm Funko Pops. I'm glad you picked hockey. Look at the Lord. I'm glad you well, picked I hockey. Just say, Look There's like 17 other you. weird hobbies. <laughs> It's like Victor really loves anime. You know what we could do to be his brother in Christ? We can go watch anime with him. Amen. Yeah, Amen. haven't haven't gotten to that one yet. But like hockey is like yeah. we will ask him questions about hockey and know when the lightning is playing in yeah. town. And um so it takes and same for you guys with me, like take some entering into the same places, learning interests to help at least with yeah. that proximity piece. And then I think there's other things we can do from being in the same places to help build those relationships, yeah. but getting willing no, I, is first. I think that's great. I even think like looking at Reagan and I's relationship, we are two very different people, right? Like Reagan coming from, you know, very athletic sports, um, very tall, um, not doesn't <laughs> love anime and I'm not as tall. Uh, they mm -hmm. call us uh, what is it? Bob, Bob and, Larry. and Larry. Shout out um, VeggieTales. <laughs> VeggieTales. Um, and so like we're, we're very, we're very different in some of those like hobby things, but the beautiful thing about this unique gospel community that we get to experience because of Jesus is like, we get that community with one another and it transcends like cultural preferences or things that we may find interesting. And I think that's true. Not just, just with Reagan and I, but just across the church. And that doesn't happen unless we are in proximity yeah. with one another, not just in the spaces that we enjoy, but entering into spaces that might, might be a little uncomfortable yeah. for us. Like I don't, I don't love, um, you know, I don't know, talking about basketball cause I know nothing about it, but if I know my buddy loves basketball, then I may, have that conversation or Reagan sitting here before you got on Abby and watching me show him my Funko pop. I just got <laughs> yeah. that he could care less about, but he sat there with a smile on he his did. face and he looked I didn't at care. it. <laughs> I didn't care about it, but I'm, I'm so glad that you love it. I really yes. am. Yeah. You can see the smile on yeah. my face, <laughs> but I, th I think even like what, what both of you guys are hitting on is like, there is a, a two way mm -hmm. street to this. Um, is that you can be in relationship by title and then you can be in an actual relationship. Yeah. And so, 
I, I think it's even like unfair even just to ask you, Abby, where it's like, well, like, okay, well, what have been some like struggles and brother sister relationships? Because I think even Victor and I can even go into this where it's like, it's, it's not just on, you know, our female sisters to, to go a hundred percent all the way with the guys, but it's like, all right guys, like when we go 50%, like how, what, what is the right. way where we can relationally meet in the middle? So I'll even open it up to, to Vic, you too. Like what, what have been some of the hard things you guys experienced in the church when it comes to building brother and sister relationships with one another? Vic, you want to start that off? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, we were talking about this, I think briefly before we got on it's, I think for me, it's awareness. Um, and, and I think that goes into like the proximity conversation too. I have been very challenged in my current spaces, both at work and both, you know, just in the church as a, as a church member to be more aware of the like relational arm that I extend towards people and making sure that it's not, um, an exclusive thing. And so for example, um, you know, we just got done with like a really long retreat and we're all really tired and we're all going to go grab burgers. And it's like, okay, am I just going to invite my guy friends? Um, or am I going to try and include like people that I want to get to know on our team, but might not be like my first instinct to invite. Um, and I, I've been challenged in that in some of those ways. And I think for me, it's not that, I don't want relationships with people or I don't want um, to get to know other people. I think it's purely being challenged to be more intentional about the way I think about the people that are around me. And I so often default to the people that I'm naturally close to. Um, and I think some of that is good, but some of that does have to break down um, to include people that I am around a lot, but might not be naturally inclined to include. And so I think there's just been like a lot of challenge there. And I think like a lot of the people on my team and in my friend groups have been like really instrumental in continuing that challenge, not in a convicting or condemning way, yeah. but in a way of like, hey, like if we want to experience the fullness of like John 17, this united body then this has to be something that's not an exclusive experience. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I think awareness is really helpful because when we're not aware of things, we typically either keep doing them if we should stop or don't start doing them if we need to start. Um, I think something that I've been thinking about for the past probably week or so is I think we live in a culture where we're just really afraid of deep emotions and I think that extends some into yeah. the church. So if I have like, and I think especially in relationship with one another, um, whether that is same gender friendships or opposite gender friendships, yeah. I think we get really scared when it's when emotions get deep, because I think our culture, when we have deep emotions, we tip we tend to associate deep feelings with romantic feelings when deep feelings and romantic feelings yeah. are two different things. And I think I see that play mm. out some within the church with brother and sister relationships. I think same with like me with my female friends also Yeah, is when it's like, oh, I'm so proud of this person or being able to say, hey, I love you. I care deeply for you isn't super common. Mm -hmm. And so I think that tends to keep our relationships on on more of a surface level because we're f afraid of crossing into romantic emotions 
But I think romantic emotions and deep emotions are two separate things. So I think learning for yourself to keep those things separate is helpful. But then also like helping the people around you learn to keep those things separate. Because I think in brother-sister relationships specifically, those male-female friendships, when there become romantic assumptions, whether from you, from the other person, from outside people... I think then the relationship has the potential to get sticky if you're not clear on I deeply care for this person and I'm experiencing deep emotions and not romantic emotions. If that makes I don't know if that yeah makes sense, but I just think no, separate. it's it's a little bit of like just don't don't throw the baby out with yeah. the bathwater. It's like God has created us to be emotional right. beings and like emotions are not a bad thing, but emotions are also a big part of relationships. And so there is like healthy wisdom and boundaries when it comes to relationships and clarity and all the wonderful things like that. But even like what you're saying, Abby, it's like that can be true. And that doesn't mean we have to throw out emotions for like, I still have very strong emotions and feelings for my parents, for my siblings, for like my friends, for my sisters in Christ that are like completely separate from romantic feelings. Like there there can be categories for emotions. Um, I think even going off what you're saying, I'm like, I think it's very hard to have an idea of what biblical friendship looks like or biblical, like one anotherness. I think that's just what I would call brother Mm -hmm. and sisterhood is just one anotherness when the church also hasn't done a very good job of like discipling romantic relationships. And so when like, when one piece of the puzzle is left undefined, it makes it very hard for the rest of the pieces of the puzzle to be defined as well. Um, And so I think there's a more holistic area that I'm like, when the church cares to disciple, which is also hard with the Bible because there's not like a book of first dating in the Bible. But when it's like, what is what does biblical dating look like? What does biblical marriage look like? What does biblical engagement look like? I think there's a easier way to define what does biblical brotherhood and sisterhood yeah. mean, at, yeah. at least among singles. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good, Abby. I think I've I've often heard you say, um, and fill in the gaps here where I'm missing, but I've often heard you say like, you've had to fight in a lot to be in like spaces, um, where like maybe, you know, like where Reagan and I wouldn't necessarily have to like fight to be in those spaces. Um, and I would just love to hear some of your personal experiences. I know you said, you know, you got plugged into this church in middle school when someone invited you. So you've been here for 13, 14 years, man, what has your experience been in this conversation? Because for me, it was a lack of awareness, but I feel like on the other side, it's almost the complete Mm -hmm. opposite. I think some people need to really hear that perspective. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I think it was a, for a little while, a lack of willingness. Um, so like my freshman year of college, the one of my friends met her for the first time. She ended up discipling me a lot of my college years. The One of the first things I said to her was, I don't want to talk to boys. And she was like, that's half of the church body. <laughs> she was like, we will yeah. work on that, but yeah. <laughs> but that's half of the church that you're missing out on if you don't engage with your brothers in Christ at all. And so that was a big part of it for me was having a lot of hurt from a lot of guys outside of the church that I was like, okay, I don't want to engage with guys in general, period. And it was a lot of, hey, there's a lot of great things that I get to see in Christ through my brothers that I don't necessarily see as easily through my sisters. So it took a lot of the, okay, 
what is what is good in relationships with my brothers in Christ in the church? Um, yeah. Which does sometimes lead to hurt, and but I think there's a safe hurt and an unsafe hurt, and vulnerability in relationships often leads to that safe hurt. If it's that unsafe hurt, probably yeah. not a great relationship to stay in. But safe hurt is normal in relationships where we feel let down or disappointed. And so it was a lot of becoming okay with those emotions, um, which translates into my friendships with other women, um, but was a lot in the space with my friendships with men. Um, And so a lot of that Mm. fighting to be there was personal and having to just overcome that. But also like learning to feel comfortable with the ways that men engage in friendship that are different than the ways that women engage in friendship. Um, Yeah. Which I think it's a lot easier for, I would say, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it's a lot easier for me to engage with my female friends and I'm sure for y'all with your male friends just because we think differently. And so I Mm -hmm. think it was a lot of, okay, I might need to know a little bit more about sports here, or I might need to actually like take time to watch like an anime show here to get in to like, just be able to have conversation um, and to know and trust that like my brothers do care for me, but I also get to like have fun with them and have deep conversations, but it takes a lot more, I think of the willingness, um, to be able to engage in those relationships. Yeah, that that's huge. And I think the thing that we don't often realize is that's like a normal thing to do in friendships, mm-hmm. like regardless of yeah. whatever like gender kind of like barrier they there may yeah. be. If I'm someone's real genuine friend, then I should care about the things that they care about, even if I'm not right. like super intertwined in all of the things that they do it's it's why relational evangelism is so incredibly effective it's because as you build a relationship with someone they care about what you care about and you care about Mm -hmm. what they care about and so even just taking a step back like this is a very normal thing that we're talking about but for whatever reason especially within the church man it feels like feels like we're so far behind um, in this conversation. I, so I think this kind of tees up the next question and probably the way for us to kind of wrap up this conversation. I mean, how can the church as a whole grow in brother-sister conversation and relationships? Because um, I think you kind of hit on it. We seem so far behind. I think Reagan may have said it, like in this discipleship era of like, man, we are not discipling our people very well in this area and so man what are some of the things that the church can do um big c church yeah yeah i think a big one um for i would say for everybody i would say especially for singles in our churches is to don't automatically associate friendship between a man and a woman as romantic like, it can't just be friendship and it mm-hmm. can't just stay there. Um, because I think that makes friendship weird and then hard. Um, yes, ask the good questions when you, the questions need to be asked if there's, like, mm-hmm. some sort of inappropriateness in those relationships. But if there's not, it can be helpful just to let that friendship be. Um, which I think, like, plays into the 
don't be afraid of deep emotions, right? Like you can have deep, like I genuinely care for both of you and I'm not romantically attracted to either of you. Like we can have deep care for one another as brothers and sisters and do the one anothering and it not be associated with anything mm-hmm. else but doing the one anothering of yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's good. But I then think yeah. it's also like everybody in the body of Christ, we all have to take steps to be willing to get uncomfortable for a little bit to build yeah. relationships with anybody so that our relationships have the opportunity to actually go deep um, with our brothers and sisters. Well, and, and I think that's the that's the thing that I've always appreciated about you, Abby, is that like, one, I know this is something that you've talked about literally for the last three or four years. Like ever since we've known you, this is honestly kind of been the soapbox. And I think that's a good thing. Like, I think it has to be a soapbox until it becomes the norm. Um, but I think one of the things I appreciate about you is that um, there is, it's never just a, hey, let me know things about going on there in, in Victor's anime world so I can have a three minute conversation with him before a meeting. Um, but it's 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 not the the bar of conversation, although that's the entryway. But it's sure. like, hey, I would lo- I care about you as a person, and like I would just like to get to know you. Um, and like you even said in the beginning, like there's a holistic picture of the body of Christ that oftentimes we isolate to our own genders that we miss sometimes, um, and that's not necessarily how God created it. Um, that like male and female, like it's kind of a a harsh buzzword, but when we say complementarian, like they do com- like complement one another in the sense of like, I see things differently. You see things and that's, a, we see the whole picture when that whole picture comes together. Um, but I, I, I love that anytime like you've talked about this, the goal has always been to like, to get to know the other person and, and getting to know the other person, you see a little bit more of the image of God. And that's always been a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I can definitely second that. I think I the Lord has done a lot of really cool things in my heart and continues to do, like, in the future, I pray. Um, but, man, one of the things that I can look back on is I am truly a better Christian. I love Jesus more. I care about his mission more. I love his people more, largely in part because of the, like, sister friendships that I have in my life. Like building friends and building relationships with people in the church holistically has caused me to love his church more. And I think even just practically speaking in ministry, like we have to love the people we care for. Mm -hmm. Like, like we just have to. And I've been able to develop a love for the people that I care for in a cooler and better way in large part because of the sister relationships that I have. Um, Can, Can I do a student ministry plug real quick? Ooh, yeah, do it. All, all three of us are student directors. I'm like, this This starts in student starts ministry. In student ministry. It, yeah. Um, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it really does. And so, like, there's, like, I'm a huge proponent of, like, same-gendered small groups. I think they're great. I think they're wonderful. Um, like, there's a vulnerability that you can open up with. But I'm like, a lot of the times, like, our, our middle schoolers, our high schoolers, even our college-age students are not taught to interact their oil mm-hmm. and water um, all throughout our ministry. And then they go out into the world and we expect oil and water to mix when they've never mixed for 18 years. And so I'm like, whether it's parents at home or the church or all these different things, like when they never interact within the four walls of the church and then they interact with non-believers in the world, we wonder why there's a disconnect in our kids when like guys don't know how to interact with girls and girls don't know how to interact with guys is because they never have those interactions 
one, they're not taught about them from the scriptural lens of like what, how God has created us and like the beauty that it is. Um, but they're not even given places to practice it within the four walls of the church. Um, so that's for every student director, kids director, anyone involved with the next generation. Like there, there is benefit in helping disciple your students to engage beautifully, um, and wonderfully with members of the opposite yeah, gender. Yeah, and don't make it weird. Teach them how to do friendship first. <laughs> well, they're middle schoolers. It'll, It'll be, be weird. weird, but um, you can teach them how to be friends first yeah, before anything else. <laughs> yeah. Friendships, friendship is a wonderful thing. So if you are a middle schooler, just don't be weird. If you're listening to Good luck podcast, with that. Don't, don't, don't be weird. Don't be Good weird. luck. Um, but I do think yeah. that, like, hits back. This is a discipleship thing. And, like, if we want to be a people that make disciples, that make disciples, that love Jesus and his mission, man, this is a huge piece of that picture and it's something that we see littered all throughout the bible um and so abby thank you so much for for hopping on here and having this conversation with us it hopefully has been a huge help to people listening um and man i just know speaking from yeah personal experience that you are a huge blessing in both of our lives and so we're thankful for you taking some time with us. yeah thank you guys for having me happy to join thanks abby conversation over Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you guys got as much out of this conversation as we did. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, or just want to figure out ways to continue this conversation, feel free to email us, sanctifiedish at gmail.com. We would love to connect with y'all. You can also connect with us on social media at ReaganJones97 and at Rotsiv157. Reagan will be preaching multiple times this semester, so he'll start posting on TikTok once he gets those clips. <laughs> so make sure to follow him for all of that. Also, if we're just honest guys you guys have been slacking in the five star review department so we're gonna ask that each one of you go ahead and pause the episode right now drop a five star review because that would be super helpful for us as we continue this grind to 400 five stars that's my goal 405 stars i think we can get there i think we can do it but you just gaslit half our audience i did thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you guys in the next one until next time y'all take care and god bless <laughs>